Hey folks, Cherry Martinez here, and welcome to Surgery Uncut, where we're going to be talking about everything plastic surgery, majority in the Dominican Republic, but I mean, this is uncut, so there's no rules. We can't even begin to tell you the amount of things that we have in store for you, so stay tuned. We are so excited that you're joining us. All right, folks, I'm Cherry Martinez, and again, thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. So you guys, usually I will be your host, and we'll typically have somebody else on the platform with us talking about some type of an issue, some type of drama, some type of something that's going on, whether it be here in the plastic surgery community, in the recovery house community, or just in general when we're talking social media and things that are happening in the surgery community in general, because it's super important for you to be aware and for you to have the information at hand. You know, there's so much photoshopping and so much filtering when it comes to social media and plastic surgery and, you know, what information is out there, what information is not, who are, you know, kind of like the groupies for certain surgeons and how certain patients or people, whether they are pre-op patients or post-op patients, will defend a specific surgeon or facility or program or or procedure or, you know, whatever um, to a fault you know, to a point where it's incredible to see how, you know, maybe you, I don't know if you've been out there where you see, you know, somebody that has, you know, lots of deaths, you know, for malpractice issues, yet they have a whole team of patients rallying behind them that are defending them, right, and defending these actions, um, or basically justifying the action, or basically trying to just get you to not pay attention to the bad, right, and so obviously, you know, we will always support the people that we like, and things like that, but when it comes to plastic surgery, when it comes to, you know, using social media as a source, or as a resource for really good and trusted information, you know, we we need to make sure that you understand that not everything is the truth, not everything is what you see, not everything is what you're going to expect, and not everybody's opinions are the same. You know, I like to say that everybody's opinions are like problems, right? And so we all have them, and, and they're all different. And so you got to understand that what may be good for you and what may be, you know, appealing or what may be problematic for you may not be for somebody else. And so again, we're going to be talking about the nitty gritty and, and just breaking down the actual things that happen. And so for those of you that are wondering, who am I and why do I have the authority to talk about this? Why do I feel like, you know, I deserve anybody's attention or I should have anybody here listening to the channel or what does our channel bring? I'm going to give you a little bit about myself. So again, I'm Cherry Martinez and I am the owner of Sirena Surgical Services. I also own a recovery house here in the Dominican Republic um, and a few other services like the Snatch Squad Advocacy Service for Patients, um, as well as a few other programs um, that are existing here in the Dominican Republic when it comes to plastic surgery. We do everything for our patients, you know, and the majority of my patients come from the United States, Canada, Europe, um, you know, the Caribbean. They're, they're coming from all over the place. The point is that they're not coming from here in the Dominican Republic 99% of the time. 99% of the time, my patients are English-speaking, you know, and coming from abroad and are coming because, one, the pricing is more affordable than it is at home, and two, because they are, you know, they're looking for a certain type of result, they are happy with what they've found online, you know, and the majority of my patients have been working with me from, you know, pre-op, right, from creating pre-op 
decisions or choices behind their surgeons, behind procedures, behind what type of services or level of care to receive, and so on and so forth. So this is something that I've been doing actively here in the Dominican Republic for some time now. Um, I've been living here in the Dominican Republic now uh, a little over a year since we opened our recovery home. Uh, also working in the Dominican Republic on and off since I was about 17 years old. However, you know, actively doing patient coordination with lots of surgeons here in the country. Um, I want to say since about 2020 at this point. So again, you know, I am a person from the United States. I was in the military. You know, I've I've done a lot of work. I'm a therapist in the States. I've I've functioned as a therapist in the States for many years and then decided that, you know, after a battle with cancer and not having, you know, the best health situation and needing to recover and having the best environment for myself that I wasn't going to go back into therapy immediately um, because it tends to be a, a high stress environment for me. So Ultimately, what ended up happening was that I, you know, I'd stayed home. I'd started several, you know, female empowerment businesses from home. I'd, I'd done some supporting of other businesses and some consulting for people, and I'd had helped. But I decided finally that after my, you know, after my, my recovery, you know, I wanted to have plastic surgery for myself because my body was not matching this level of energy that I was having that I wanted to, you know, go out and live my life, you know, my body just wasn't matching, just was not matching with what I had in mind, right? Or how I was feeling in general. So I ultimately ended up going to the Dominican Republic and I did my breasts and I had a great experience, but I, I had that done up in Punta Cana and I stayed at a resort and, you know, it was just breast implants. It wasn't anything crazy. And so I really didn't think, I didn't think much of it, you know? Um, but then years later, I decided that I was going to have lipo. You know, I'd seen everybody under the sun have lipo from my mom and my brothers to people that I'd known. And, you know, I'd, I'd accompanied several of them on their surgeries and I'd been involved in the coordination of others. And, you know, I was like, well, you know what, why not? Let me let me do this. You know, there's there's really not a level of fear to it more so than, you know, the unknown and maybe the financial factor at that point. Right. I'd never had the money before. I'd never thought to save the money for it. So ultimately, I come to the Dominican Republic and I had a coordinator that I found on Instagram. And this coordinator that I had, uh, she was very quick to respond to me initially. You know, she answered all my questions uh, in the beginning. Again, you know, I had very simple questions. How much money do I need to bring? You know, where do I need to stay? How does this work? And I was provided with, like I said, very minimal information. Um, and so I purchased and paid for everything that I needed right up front. And I came to the Dominican Republic. Well, when I came to the Dominican Republic, I came with my, my fiance. We ended up staying at a hotel to enjoy a few days together. Um, and he was going to be leaving the day of my surgery. So we'd spent that, those few days together. And the day of my surgery, you know, comes. And unfortunately, he has to leave. And, I, you know, I'm left with my overnight nurse and stuff like that. And it, it just 
was a mess in the sense that I was not prepared for the facility. I had nobody to accompany me, to support me or assist me. Although I am Spanish speaking, I just did. It was the facility I went to and the, the level of craziness that I experienced there was out of control um, at the time. And so, you know, it, it was hectic, but I got through it, you know. And then the following day, I had surgery. I almost didn't have surgery because this facility told me the first time that I was pregnant and then the second time told me that I had blood in my urine. Now, interestingly, you know, years prior, I had had a hysterectomy. So I found it very interesting that they were finding blood in my urine or, you know, a pregnancy of any sort. But again, this goes to speak towards the type of facility I found myself at, right? And so I go through this process and, you know, it is what it is. I end up having my surgery. Oh, side note, right? Just to backtrack really quickly. Again, this is completely unscripted. Sorry. My coordinator sends my surgery supplies in a taxi to my hotel the night before. Now, I really didn't know how any of this worked. I figured, you know, she takes pictures with most of her patients and, you know, she hand delivers. But she kept telling me for two days that she was too busy to deliver my, my items. So she was going to end up getting them to me. So ultimately, the night before surgery, she sent them to my hotel in an Uber uh, by themselves. And, you know, I received them. I end up going into surgery. I have an overnight nurse with me that I chose from the recovery home that I was assigned to. Um, and let me tell you, you know, everything was fine the first few days in the sense that I really didn't complain. I figured, you know, I'm here. I know in this country things work differently. So let me not bitch, right? It's just what it is what it is and just go through it and get my things done. So I got my stuff done. I am bilingual fluently, and so I didn't have an issue, you know, having conversation or figuring out what it was that I needed to do while I was at the clinic. So, right, get through that, have surgery, get back to the recovery home, fine, you know. My thing was I just wanted to be able to eat good food, have good medicine, and be able to sleep. I really didn't need anybody to take me a bath or, you know, take care of me personally or physically. I just wanted to be able to be comfortable and eat good food. And, you know, that, that was really my concern. So, so far, so good. Until I started realizing that my medications were not hitting the way that they should. I started realizing that I was familiar with the medication I was prescribed and that it wasn't having the intended impact. You know, I complained to my doctor about this. And, you know, it seemed that I wasn't getting the appropriate medication. Supposedly my medication was purchased, but it wasn't being given to me. The dosage was swapped or something. And so somebody else got my pills and I was not getting them. Um, side note, you know, at the time, the recovery homeowner, prior to my getting my medication prescription, offered me one of her own because she had the same medication. Um, so as you can imagine how I was feeling, right, when it came time for my medication to be right and it wasn't and then, you know, it turned out that I wasn't getting the right type of dosing or I wasn't getting the right medication. It was just, it was not a good look, right? Um, so I was a little frustrated by that and I had went to take a nap after having my medication corrected by my doctor and I'd went to sleep, and when I woke up, I noticed that my locker was open and there was money missing um, from my locker. So now I'm, or, or the safe box, right, which was located above my bed. So I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm very frustrated, and I approach, you know, the house staff and the owners about what's happening, and I was 
then basically put into the street. I was kicked out. I was not given an opportunity to have any help. They basically said that they were going to um, either call the police on me or they were going to, you know, offer me to leave. So, you know, knowing that things here work a little differently. And even as somebody who, you know, like I said, speaks Spanish, I am not familiar with the legal system at this point. I don't want to get involved in this issue right now. I still have my pain pump in my arm. I'm not dealing with the drama. I decide that I'm going to leave. So I grab my stuff and I leave and the driver is looking at me and he's like, you know, the curfew is on. You can't be on the street. You can get arrested. And I'm like, okay, great. So she knows that. And this is this is the person who has the responsibility to take care of me. And you're putting me in the street. I still have an IV in my arm. I have no underwear on. Like I'm in my faja in a, in a, in a nightgown. Like, and you put me outside with my suitcases. So the driver was like, don't worry, you know, I'll take you where you need to go. You know, let's figure out where we can get you. And meanwhile, I jump on my phone, I hop on Priceline, I book a hotel nearby, an American hotel that I'm familiar with and comfortable with. I don't have to question the standards. And he drops me off. So at this point, I have money in my account and I decide, okay, I'm just going to pay the rest of the days at the hotel. I'm going to stay and I'm going to recover here. Um, at this point, you know, my overnight nurse was from the recovery home and her and I had gotten cool. I had her number. We were talking and she was able to get me a massage therapist to come to my hotel room to do my massages and to take care of me until I went home. So all of that went off without a hitch. And during the entire time I was sitting in the hotel getting this stuff done, um, I was just having a really bad experience with every provider I had been referred to. It was almost like there was a conversation that happened between the coordinator and the owner of the recovery home and the other provider that I went to who happened to be like a family member to the recovery home owner and a friend of the coordinator, of course, because they all break bread together. Um, and I ended up having a really, really, really bad experience just throughout. And so obviously I sat in my hotel room and I was very angry and I festered and bubbled until I came up with a plan. Now, prior to this, when I was sitting in my pre-op appointment, the surgeon that I went to see started talking to me about you know, coordinating for his patients and coordinating patients from the United States and providing them a safe space and stuff like that. Um, and I was definitely interested in, and all of this is on video, right? It's, it's in my pre-op videos on our Instagram and stuff if they're still up, but um, we'll, we'll repost them if that's the gift, they're not up anymore. But you know, they, these were things that were offered to me prior to me even going under the knife. So now, you know, I'm pissed off, I'm having this experience and I'm wondering to myself, how many of the girls that I had to help in the clinic because they didn't speak the language and there was nobody in the, in the clinic to speak their language, right? How many of those girls went through something similar? How many of the girls are going through this on a daily basis? I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. And I decided that, you know what, I would start coordinating and promoting, um, you know, via social media. And so I started, you know, creating a service where I was advocating for people and I was advocating for, for doctors and for patients alike. And I was bringing girls from the United States out there and I was accompanying them through their clinic procedures, through their preoperative consults. I was with them throughout their process and I would stay with them, you know, and, and set them up with care teams and Airbnbs and take care of them the first few days. And once they were stable and things were OK, I would leave and leave them with their care team. You know, and I was doing this back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes I wasn't coming home, you know, because my patients were overlapping. It was just a lot. 
And I, at the time, was a single mom. You know, I had two kids. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest thing to manage. Thank God that, you know, my fiancé was very supportive and, and, you know, was there and had the flexibility of helping me and, you know, definitely had a few friends that helped me when it came to watching the kids and stuff. But, you know, for the most part, it wasn't something that I could sustain on the long term. And because my coordination was just out of control and people didn't just want my surgeons, but they wanted me. They wanted to come and be with Cherry. They wanted to come and spend the time with me. They wanted me to coordinate their stuff. They wanted me to be the person to double check what was going on. They wanted me, you know, to give the approval and to give them that reassurance that they were going to be okay. Well, I answered the call. So December of 2020, we secured a property here in the Dominican Republic and decided that we would open our recovery home and that we would make our coordination firm and recovery and program, uh, patient, program for patient advocacy, you know, active here in the Dominican Republic. And so, you know, I already had a roster of surgeons. I already had, you know, doctors that I had carefully vetted and had made sure that meet, you know, health standards and quality standards that I personally am comfortable with. And I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, you know, picky. Um, being from the States, being a healthcare professional, being somebody that um, has been sick in the past, you know, I expect a certain level of care, a certain level of advocacy, a certain level of transparency, a certain level of comfort um, with what's happening and with what's going on. You know, plastic surgery is a elective type of surgery. It is a surgery that even if you're doing it for reconstructive purposes or if, even if you're doing it for cosmetic purposes because, you know, you want to remove something or you want to fix something, you had an accident, whatever, these are things that are not life-saving or life, you know, procedures in that sense. These are things that could maybe save your life due to depression because maybe you have a body image issue and you've not been happy with something or something's been bothering you, then yes. But otherwise, these surgeries are really, really elective. They are your choice. And so people really need to understand what they're signing up for, what they're getting themselves into, what it is that they're going to be looking at, what it is that they're going to be doing, um, how they're going to be feeling. This, this mess about looking at the Instagram photos and getting to see, okay, great, you know, the girls are wearing fajas. Look at them in their fajas. Oh, the girls are at the recovery house. We know they stay at a recovery house. Ooh, look, you know, the girls are getting their fajas taken in or, oh, they're going home or, look, they're walking with their bobby pillows. All of those things are super superficial, like massively superficial. And people need to understand that there's so much more that happens during the process. I don't know if you guys have seen anything on our YouTube channel, but, you know, we talk a lot about the emotional roller coaster, the ups and downs, you know, the importance of maintenance and things like that. And so, you know, here we're going to be talking about what it is that happens on a daily basis, things that we're seeing all over the place, general conversation. I'm going to be inviting Alfredo, who is my fiance, and our massage therapist at the recovery home to be joining us um, on many of these conversations because he's normally usually with me. But we're going to be inviting surgeons onto the platform. We're going to be inviting patients onto the platform. We're going to be inviting, you know, influencers and social media people onto the platform. We're going to be inviting you onto the platform. 
Okay, we're going to keep you guys abreast of what's happening and what's going on. And if you guys have questions, if you guys need answers, this is going to be the place where you're going to be able to get that. You're going to get that honestly and trans with, with lots of transparency and creating a standard um, publicly so that people understand that you guys are aware and you are being educated and that while this is a, a level of tourism um, that does bring in a lot of money, it's still medical tourism and that there needs to be some type of ethic and value uh, placed into the service that you guys are being uh, are, are being provided or, or that you guys are going to be receiving and that the providers that are giving them to you, whether it be a driver, a waiter providing you your food at a recovery home, the person cleaning the kitchen, uh, the person washing your faha. I mean, all of these things, whether I don't care if it's a nurse, a doctor or somebody that's just providing support services, there needs to be a level of ethics involved, you know, um, and we're going to be getting into a little bit of everything talking about you know, things that we've seen in the recovery house, patients that we've saved from other horrible um, recovery homes and places that have been ripping patients off and stuff like that. We will not get into the whole exposure of who's doing what and this and that and getting into gossip in that sense because I have to protect my business. But we will get into, you know, making sure that you guys are safe and making sure that you have the information that you need because we're about to put a stop to all of that. Not only that, we've got some really dope stuff coming down the pipeline. We've got some new things opening up. We've got some new products coming out. We've got um, some expansion happening. And so we're always excited to share that with you guys because without you guys, we don't have anything. We do everything tailored for you to make you happy, to reach your level of approval, and to make sure that you're provided with safe proper care and making sure that at the end of the day that you get what you came here for so if you need anything please make sure that you dm us send us a message you can follow us on instagram at sirena surgical services you can follow us on youtube at sirena surgical you know make sure that you hit us up send us a message contact us um, and we will always get back to you we'll always be here so if you're looking for safe plastic surgeons safe recovery home care surgery supplies or anything else make sure you count on us for that all right. With that, I'm going to leave you guys. This is just the trailer, just to start out, just to give you guys some information on who I am and what this podcast is going to be about. And I look forward to talking to you soon. We'll be having, like I said, our special guests coming on, on the show shortly. And um, yeah, so stay tuned. Thanks.